the Anglican Church in the Bahamas and the Turks and Caicos Islands presents Insight, a program sponsored by the Anglican Churchman.
Good night, my sisters and brothers in Christ. My name is the Reverend John Pinder, Assistant Curate at Christ Church Cathedral, and I am delighted to be your facilitator for this evening. Welcome to Insight, a radio program sponsored by the Anglican Diocese of the Bahamas and the Turks and Caicos Islands. We want to say a special thank you to our technical support, Mr. Ramon Sweeting, and all who assist in making this program truly one of insight and inspiration to the people of God. Once again, good night. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you promise. Make us love what you command, Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. A reading from the Word of God, written in the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully mistreated at Philippi, as you know, we had courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of great opposition. For our appeal does not spring from deceit or impure motives or trickery, But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the message of the gospel, even so we speak, not to please mortals, but to please God who tests our hearts. As you know, and as God is our witness, we never came with words of flattery or with a pretext for greed, nor did we seek praise from mortals whether from you or from others, though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. The Word of the Lord.
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, O God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Some words from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 2 and verse 1. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our coming to you was not in vain. I speak to you in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This morning, I want to begin by asking a question which I want you to keep in the back of your minds. It is my prayer that at the end of my sermon, you either have an answer for this question or it forces you to think more deeply about your journey and your spiritual journey. And my question this morning is this, why does it matter? Why does it matter? In Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, Paul begins his address in a defense mode. You see, Paul is forced to defend himself and to defend his ministry to the church at Thessalonica. Because Paul had many enemies in Thessalonica, and as such, they, they tried to discredit his ministry. They tried to discredit the work that God was doing in and through him. In Acts chapter 17, verses 5 to 6, and again in verse 13, we are told that at Thessalonica, the Jews were so angry with Paul that they formed a mob and they started a riot in the city. When they learned that Paul was preaching, they agitated the crowds of people and they searched people's homes looking to stop him. They did not like this good news that Paul came to bring. They did not like this message of salvation, the message of Jesus Christ, because it upset their way of thinking. It upset their status quo. And based on the way that Paul describes himself in our reading today, we can see that he had many challenges in this area. In verse 2, for example, Paul talks about the suffering. And this is in reference to his imprisonment in Philippi. In verse 3, Paul declares that his message does not come from error because the Jews tried to say that his message was delusional or it was filled with impure motives. They accused Brother Paul of preaching only so that he can get something out of it for himself. And they tried to say his preaching was not for God. Paul tells them that he was gentle among them in verse 7 because they accused him of being a dictator. But despite the challenges and the accusations and the slander and the persecution that Paul faced, he starts off this portion of his letter by saying that his visit was not in vain. Paul considered his visit a success. And so then it begs the question, what reason could Paul possibly have that he endured all of these accusations that he endured the character assassination, the lies that were spewed against him, and even threats of physical violence, and yet he still considered his mission a success. 
And the answer is found in two places this morning. The first place is in verse 8 where Paul says that he loved the people he was called to witness to. And the second place is found in our gospel where Jesus emphasizes that the greatest commandment is to love God and the second is to love one's neighbor as oneself. My sisters and brothers, Paul endured and considered his mission a success because of love. Paul's journey to Thessalonica was not in vain because he did not go for any selfish reasons or gain, but he went because of love. Love of this God who called him and commissioned him and empowered him and love of people. 1 Peter 4 and 8 says, What love covers a multitude of sins. And so now I ask the question again, why does it matter? In our present time, being a genuine Christian can put us in the same position that Paul was in. Standing up for what is right is not going to be popular. There are a lot of alternative teachings out there as to how a person can get into heaven, many paths to salvation, but Jesus reminds us in John 4 and 16 that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Being a Christian in this day and time means turning the other cheek when those around us try to test the very patience that we do not have. It means forgiving people that hurt us who are closest to us. It means forgiveness when people lie on our name, when people talk our secrets, when those who should have been supporting us all along turn their backs on us. It means forgiving those who should hold us in high esteem, letting us down, parents and children and family and friends. Being a Christian means that we do not give up when the storms of life come, but we pray before the storm reaches. It means that we have faith to pray during the storm, and it means that we pray even after the damage from the storm is done because we know the God in whom we serve. Being a Christian means that, yes, we will have a crisis of faith, and everything that could go wrong does go wrong and it feels as if God is silent in our lives. Being a Christian is not easy in the world that we live in today because the world we live in is tolerant and accepting of everything and everyone except those who choose to maintain a standard. We, like Paul, will find ourselves in the midst of people that dislike us because of the holiness and righteousness we are called to uphold. In a world that is filled with compromise and leaning more and more towards a watered-down gospel, many of us who choose to stand for righteousness will find ourselves encircled by those who would rather change the gospel message to suit their sin than to allow the gospel message to change them. And so it begs the question of us this morning, why does it matter? being faithful? Why does being faithful matter? Why does having righteousness matter? Why not just throw in the towel and live our lives like everyone else? It matters because like Paul, we are doing it for the sake 
of the good news. And what is that good news, my family? It is that God loves us and we must love others. As Christians, it is easy to get caught up with all the things that are constantly happening around us. We all experience trials and tribulations of various degrees within our own personal lives. People and situations that we are constantly struggling against and struggling with. We all have something that we are worried about something that we are anxious about, whether it is school and grades, whether it is our health or finances. There is always something that is going on that challenges our Christian walk. And it becomes increasingly easier as we are burdened to want to just give up, to want to veer off the path that God is calling us to, to ask the question, Lord, why does it matter? And so we ask this question, why does it matter? Why does our faith matter when we don't know what our purpose is? Why does our purpose matter when there are stumbling blocks constantly in our way? Why do we need to remain in this relationship with God when loved ones get sick and die or our finances are drained or our emotions and feelings are all over the place? My family, it matters because of God. You see, God's love is a two-way street. We are challenged to love God, but sometimes what we fail to realize is that God first loved us. In essence, then, loving God is just returning a love that was already given to us. A love that gives us the freedom from the guilt of sin. A love that reminds us that there is some worth, some value to our lives. A love that recognized that God formed us and knew us from in our mother's womb. And that we matter. And that we are important. We are important because of the price that was paid for each of us in this church this morning. God loves us and God cares for us. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, which I encourage you to read it in its entirety as a part of your own personal devotion, but it reminds us that the birds of the air, they do not toil or reap, yet they are fed. It reminds us that the lilies of the field neither toil nor spin, yet even Solomon in all his glory could not compare. My family, if God cares for them, Imagine you and I, his children that are fearfully and wonderfully made, his children that are made in his image and his likeness, his children whom he sent his one beloved son to die on the cross. You see, as Christians, we can then begin and face every test and every trial that life throws at us because we know that at the end of it, there is God. And if God is there to meet us at the end of every battle, then it means the battle has already been won. My family, God is there in the midst of our sickness. He is there in the midst of our failures, our disappointments, our heartaches, and our heartbreaks. God is there because he loves us. He loves you that much. And the enemy has a way of forcing us to focus on everything else that is happening around us and not on the finish line 
And if we focus on those things that are surrounding us, then we can miss the fact that God is there on the other side. The enemy wants us to focus on those things because then we are likely to give up. We are likely to say that it does not matter. We are likely to say that this mountain is too hard to climb. However, when we get to that place in our Christian walk, where we recognize that God's love is also indicative of our worth, then we can face every challenge of this present time. As Christians who know our worth and our value because of the love of God, we don't need a a job or performance review to validate that worth. We don't need friendships and people and relationships to validate just how important we are. We don't need parents or siblings or children to validate how much we are loved. We don't need to get the promotion and meet the personal benchmarks to remind us that we are not failures, that we are overcomers. It's just the race is not for the swift, but for those who endure to the end. Why? Because the God of love, he demonstrated this love. He demonstrated how valuable we are thousands of years ago in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And because of that knowledge, we are assured, we are reassured that we are precious in his sight. And a side effect of loving God then is loving his people. You cannot say you love God and not love his people and people are difficult to love. Yes, they will hurt us from time to time. People will disappoint us. They say the arm of flesh fails. But a part of loving God and allowing the love of God to fuel us for the work ahead is that it changes us. The love of God transforms us. It molds us and shapes us. And a part of that transformation is learning to love others because all of us are made in his image and his likeness. You cannot experience the perfect love of God and still be the same. And my sisters and brothers, we live in a world where people need to feel and to experience love. We live in a world that is filled with people who are angry, people who are hurting, people who are discontent, people who are worried, people who are loveless. And sometimes just showing a glimmer of love can be the spark that begins the transformation in others. You cannot have one without having the next. It mattered for Paul because he knew that God loved him, that God transformed him from persecuting to then witnessing and testifying. And he knew that he needed to then show that love to others, even those who tried to ruin his reputation. And so, my family, I end as I began. Why does it matter? 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 declares that we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Yes, there will be some bad days. And yes, we will be like Paul where the assignment that God has for us feels like it is driving us to our breaking point. 
Yes, we will want to throw in the towel. Yes, we will ask the question, Lord, why does any of this matter? And as we ask that question, we remember Paul's response. It matters for the sake of the gospel. It matters for the sake of the good news. It matters because it is not in vain. It matters because when all else comes at us, we remember that we are doing what we do for the God who first loved us. Our relationship with him is birthed out of love. And it is his love that will sustain us when the hardships of life come. And it is our love for others that will help us to continue to look past the difficulties of people and the difficulties that come our way. And like the words of that contemporary gospel song say, I know that I can make it. I know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. In his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.